Have you ever waited too long? Just too long. Like it's just taken way too long. But I was trying to think through and process stories of our past. Sometimes we've waited or we've waited on certain things or we've waited on others about whatever. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and the first story that came to mind was, uh, I'm not going to share it today, but it was a story of Ikea. <laughs> that is a story. I got it. I'll bring it up another time today. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, I, the story ends with me having a friend like Wilson, um, an inanimate object that I have waited all day. It's just, I lost my mind at one point, but that's not the story for today. And I thought you'd appreciate that. Babe. But what I was thinking about is we were on uh, a road trip or we were driving for a long time and we're sitting there, I'm driving, you're in the passenger seat and then you just break down bawling. And I was like, is everything okay, Patty? Like, what's going on? And you're like, I just need to know. And I was like, <laughs> no, what? And you were like, is our relationship headed anywhere? <laughs> I was like, I needed to know. It's like, what? Where is this coming from? Is this all you've been thinking about for the last three hours we've been driving? <laughs> what is happening? And I remember sitting in this car, and I'm in the pass in the driver's seat. Patty's in the passenger seat. She breaks down, and she has this moment of, I need to know. I I need this hope. I need this understanding. I need. I'm just hurting. I just need to know. And I'm sitting there, and in my pocket, I had the engagement ring. It was sitting in my pocket. I just, I got it way too early. I just, I just put it in my pocket, like, all the time. I don't know. It's just something I did. And I had it in my pocket. And then I, I want to say my first reaction was, I think I started laughing. Or did I? I don't, I don't remember exactly what I happened. But it was this comical moment of Patty was hurting, and I had the hope in my pocket. It was secretly there. She had no clue I had bought a ring. She had no clue I was going to propose. Uh, we had we had early on said we don't want to talk about our future and our marriage right away. Let's just enjoy our relationship. And it was this moment that it was hilarious. It was looking back, it was funny. But at that moment, I know that was hard. <laughs> laughing at my pain. <laughs> and it was this story, this moment, this situation where someone was hurting and then someone else had the hope in their pocket, had it within them, secretly hidden down deep, was this hope. And it's this illustration, this concept, this story that really reflects of why Christianity exists today from all these years, from thousands and thousands of years. Because people are hurting and other people have hope hidden within them. That's this concept. That's this idea. And today we're going to jump into Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 in just a moment. Because it's almost too much of a leap to say, listen, we all have this hope, let's just share it, right? Some of us, we might not have that hope and understanding of how to share it yet. And that's the beauty of Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. It starts on the story of Moses, who doesn't really understand who God is fully even though his brothers, his sisters, his family is hurting back in, in Egypt, in slavery. 
And then he has this divine moment encounter with God and he understands it and gets this hope that he puts in his pocket, kind of like an engagement ring, right? He goes to the jewelers and gets it and he's about to deliver this hope to this nation. And I love it. And, and it all culminates in this encounter with God. And so let's pick it up in, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush was on fire. It did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the affliction of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their oppressors, and I am aware of their sufferings. I love this. I love this story because most, I love this story in so many different ways. But, but for this message, this message is titled, Hope is on the Way. We look at Moses finding the presence of God in his own way, right? What brings you to the presence of God? What, 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 what delivers you into this presence? For some, it's to draw near to Jesus. Some, it's to find joy, peace, hope, whatever it is. I mean, there's different reasons why we enter into the presence of God. But for Moses... It was really interesting. We, we find the reason why in, in chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Moses led the flock to the far side. Led. In, in Hebrew, if you look up this word, it has two meanings. And it's, it, it blew my mind when I read it. The word led is nahag. It means to lead. And it also means lament. So we have this attitude of Moses who is wandering farther and farther away from his family with these sheep on the, it says, the far side. It means that he has gone so far to get away from everyone else. He's leading sheep, but in his heart, he's lamenting. He's hurting. He's broken. He's, he's, I mean, I can only put myself in his shoes and, and project what he's feeling in this moment. But he's hurting so much because he's left everyone behind and he's purposeless and he doesn't have any reason to really be here. He's just wandering with sheep, lamenting. And, and he gets out there. And 
then it says in, in Exodus 3.3, Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. The reason what drove Moses into the presence of God was lamenting and curiosity. I think it's a, a big reason of why a lot of people encounter the presence of God for the first time. Because we're lamenting our lives, we're hurting, or whatever it is, or we're just curious. If I speak to God, will he answer? Will he speak back? And, and this curiosity, and I love looking at Moses' whole agenda was none at all. He had no plan. He had no goal. He just thought, I got nothing else to do. I wonder what that is over there. And my biggest takeaway from this personally and, and also as, as your pastor preaching today is it doesn't matter what leads you to the presence of God. It just matters what you do in the presence of God. That's the takeaway. It doesn't matter why you go to pray with God. It matters what your takeaway is with God. So don't discount where you come from. Don't discount your situation. Don't discount how bad it is, how good it is, how whatever. It doesn't matter what leads you to the presence of God. The only thing that matters is what you take away from your relationship in the presence of God. Just matters what you do while you're there. So I want to break down, uh, I think, four things that Moses did in the presence of God that are our four takeaways today. These are the four things that if you enter into the presence of God, these are the things that we need to be doing. So first up, in verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had, had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, Here I am. It's, it's crazy. There's only two Hebrew words. They're kind of on repeat to make up the last half of this verse. God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. In the Hebrew, it's literally Amar, Moses. Moses, Amar, Amar. Right? That's, that's, what this, that's, that's the sentence structure of this verse. Amar, Moses, Moses, Amar, Amar. And then you learn that in Hebrew, Amar, it, it means hear, speak, come. And so God says, hear, hear Moses, Moses, hear. And that's, that's what God says. And then Moses' response is simply, hear? That, that was the exchange. That was the first introduction to God. Because God called him and said, Here, Moses. Moses, Moses, hear. His response was just simply, Hear? Hear, God? And, and there's this, this depth in these simple two words uttered in this whole statement. Because God calls us into his presence right where we're at proclaims here hear you you're here and Moses response is just simply 
I'm here. And if you've been struggling with, Lord, how do I find the presence of God? Where do I go? How, how do I, what books do I read? What studies do I do? What do I need to accomplish the presence of God? And God simply just says, here. Here, you, the presence of God is here. You don't need to travel. You need here. Start now is the presence of God. So number one, be fully present. Be fully present. Be fully present. That, that's it. Because God is calling us, begging us, echoing down through all of creation for us to enter his presence. And it's right now, right here. And I love it in this, in this word, Amar, it's, it's this present thing, it's this responding, it's this declaration. It's saying, just be you right here, right now, fully present. It means that when you enter the presence of God, logistically, your mind's not running through all the things you got to go shopping for. It's not all the things that you're thinking through. It's not this laundry list. It's not all these other things and items. And it's you being fully present in the presence of God. So when we're in the presence of God, the first thing we got to do is just be present. That's it. Let's just be still, be quiet, and know that God is God and He is here listening to you, speaking to you, loving on you. And then it goes on, what do we do in the presence of God? So it's first be fully present, but then in verse 5 it picks it up and says, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I don't have enough time to dive into the multifaceted meaning of taking off your sandals. That is a full Bible study, dig deep kind of thing. There was all these meanings within it. And I want to just focus on the overall meaning and one small facet of it. Ultimately, taking off your sandals, taking off your shoes, it was this sign of respect. That was it. Ultimately, when we're in the presence of God, it's that we honor and respect the author of creation. And then, for me, I, I wanted to go a little bit deeper personally of what does it mean to have respect in the presence of God. And I looked at the action of Moses taking off his sandals on top of this rocky, very hard soil. It was, it was rock, it was stubborn, it was hard, it would injure you. Logistically, physically, if Moses took off his sandals, he had to slow his entire pace down to almost a snail crawl. He couldn't move fast. He had to just be still because if he moved forward, he would cut his feet. He would get injured. So when we're in the presence of God, we have respect and honor God by taking our time in the presence. If we hear something, we don't instantly move on it. We be still before God. We, we dwell on it. We wait on it. We discern it. We spend the time needed with that what he's speaking. I love that imagery. Taking off his shoes on a rocky mountain, if he moved too fast, he would be injured. 
And I really think that's that's what happens to a lot of, of young believers, young Christians. They, they hear God and they don't discern it and they move too fast and then they're injured. We need to have slow feet in the presence of God. When we say, you know what? If, if my prayer time is one minute a day before lunch, let's spend an extra minute. You know, you can start wherever you're at. If it's 10 minutes after you wake up, yeah, spend 20 minutes. You know, we, we need to increase our presence of God in our lives. And then the, the next item, jumping down to verse 6, then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. I, I just... I want to break down the first part. I am the God of your father. In Hebrew, it just says, Elohim Ab. Elohim is, I am, I am the God, and Ab is of your father. Elohim is, it has all, all these definitions to it, but it means superior, supreme, over, number one, <laughs> umero nudo. Uno, whatever you want to say, it's the top of the top of the food chain. There's no one higher. It's the ultimate tip of the pyramid, if you will. So he says, I am the supreme. I am everything. I am God. I am all. And then it says, Ab. Ab, it's it's an interesting word because it starts off by singular father to plural father, meaning father of a family, then father of a tribe, then father of a nation, then father of the the world, then father of father of fathers, then ancestors. And then you go down all the definitions, and you get to this one part that just blew my mind. Ab also means, I want to get it right, originator of art. Like, I love that meaning. I am the supreme of all origination of art. I am the creator of creators, the starter of everything. The reason why you can think, act, create, build is because I started you on that journey from the existence of time. Right? So God lays down this moment where he says, uh, whatever you think of your enti- your world right now, I know you see it kind of big and it's crumbling before you and you are lamenting and you are mopey and you are grumbly and you are sitting here, but lest you forget, I am the God of the universe who spit the stars into the heavens and I'm standing before you with my attention undivided. Mm-hmm. And Moses just hides his face. Because he realizes in that moment who God is and who he is. I think he hid his face out of fear of God because God can do anything and is everything. But also the point where I think he had a mix of emotions. I think he was also ashamed of where his life was at in that moment. I think he realized he made mistakes. He had sinned. He had murdered someone. He... He, he had gone really far down a dark path, and now 
he was accepted into this family again and he was watching their sheep as another servant boy and he was lamenting because he thought his life was pointless and worthless because he had tasted what second in command of the greatest tribe in the world and now he's sitting there watching sheep on a desert and the God of the universe shows up. So the, the third thing we need to do when we get into the presence of God is discover identity. Number three, gain identity. We need to get to the point of when we're in the presence of God, understanding who God is and who he has made us to be. It's critical. It's so important. I love this moment where Moses is standing before God and God clearly lays out, here's the pecking order. Here is who I am and here is who you are. You are not some worthless being who is wandering on this planet, but I have orchestrated this lineage, which you are part of, by the way, and I am calling you. Here is my identity and here is your identity. In the presence of God, we discover identity. And then in verse 7, presence of God, what happens? Verse 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the affliction of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their oppressors, and I am aware of their sufferings. This is God. God lays out, I am the creator of the universe, and then says, here is my heart. God didn't show up to brag about his authority in the universe. God showed up to tell his heart, the heart of Jesus. I am seeing my people suffer. I am hearing them cry out. And I know them. I know them. It really brings to light the scripture. He knows them by name. He knows us by name. He knows our names. He has thought of us before the creation of the universe. And he is hurting deeply because he is seeing and he is hearing what is going on. Number four, acquire the heart of Jesus. Acquire the heart of Jesus. See, in the presence of God, there is this beautiful moment where he shares his heart. What is weighing on him? What is important? And it transfers to us, and then it becomes our actions. That's the goal. That's the agenda. In the presence of God, we are refined. We gain identity. We gain his heart. But it would be meaningless and worthless if we didn't transform his heart into our actions. Right? What would be the point if we're developing this relationship with Jesus and he speaks to us and says, I love you and I love this person. I need you to go out and do this. It's like, man, you're right. Okay, well, I gotta go back to work, God. I'll see you later. No! We need to take action on the heart of Jesus. The, the, the story I started out with where my wife, you were hurting, 
because you just want to know if our relationship was going anywhere. If we are going to get married, you're hurting. And then I'm sitting here with a ring in my pocket and you had no clue. And I had this ring sitting here. And, and the, if you translate the, the whole illustration over, it's as if that ring represents the hope of Jesus and you're hurting. And it would be meaningless if I did not take the ring and give it to you, right? Just like where people are hurting and we need to take action and give them the hope of Jesus so that the, the hurting can alleviate. And I think the confusion comes of a lot of people want to do, but don't know what to do. And in reality, God lays it out very specifically in verse 7, right? As just a beginner step, a way to start this. I, I want to, I, I really want to focus on our climate of our nation right now. And black lives are hurting. There is hurt. It's been hurting for a long time, but we are hyper-focusing you cannot turn on the news. You cannot open up social media. You cannot do anything without hearing the hurt that's going on. And God lays it out very specifically of his heart. When someone's hurting, he lays it out in the three steps I said. See, hear, know. The, fir the very first step, whatever race you are, whatever ethnicity you are, the best way to start, if you're saying, I, I want to share the love of Jesus, I, I want to do something, you can start by having the heart of Jesus and turning it into actions. Right? This is a good start. This is not the end-all, be-all by any means. Mm -hmm. But a good way to start is by first seeing, right? Let me break it down. Acknowledging what is happening in the world. Are you willing to see what is happening? Are you willing to see the hurt? Or just hide away from it? No. I don't want to hide because I feel uncomfortable. That's, that's wrong. I need to see what's going on. Right? And then God lays out and says, see. And then he says, hear. This is the most brilliant thing. It... Have you ever gotten into those conversations with someone where they just talk nonstop and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and then just leave? You're like, I, did, I wanted to say something too, <laughs> right? When someone's hurting, we need to listen and hear, acknowledge, receive what, what is really going on. Right? For, for our, our loved brothers and sisters that are desperately hurting, we just need to see and acknowledge and then next hear, listen. Right? It'd be pointless if we took action without even knowing what's actually hurting that individual. And even furthermore, it's wrong to try to do something for everyone based off what you presume to be the fix. No, no, we need to hear. And then the last thing that God says, it says, aware or know. 
see, hear, and know. One of the best things we can do when someone is hurting is get to know them as an individual person. And the, the phrase that has just keeps coming up in our church, in our conversations, in our prayer time is doing life together. And one of the best ways for me, for you, for anyone watching, the best way to start if someone is hurting is to start doing life with that person. Mm -hmm. Right? It's this one-on-one, -on -one, equal footing, equal level saying, you know, how is your life going? What Can we have dinner together? Can we talk? What's, what's going on with you? That's where it starts. Because we can't take action beyond that unless we know the need. Mm -hmm. We have to see, we have to hear, and we have to know. There are people in your community who are hurting and dying on the inside. They are hurting so bad, and they have been waiting on hope to arrive for years. See, the heart of Jesus needs to become the hands of people. Hope is on the way, and it's delivered by you. Hope is on the way, and it's delivered by me. Hope is on the way, and it's delivered by you. That is, that is what happens in the presence of God. Right? We get that engagement ring, if you will. And don't even get me started on the symbolism of that. The engagement ring from God represents the hope we have in our pocket. And we are called to be the delivery errand people, if you will. The door dashers and the Uber Eats of hope for people that are hurting. We need to transform the heart of the Father into the actions in our lives. Let's be like Moses You know, I, I was gonna. I was just gonna pray right now and and conclude out. But the interesting thing about the story of Moses is he hears the heart of the Father, right? He he hears the words of Jesus, saying, "I've seen, I've heard, and I know them." And God says, "I need you to take this message of hope and delivery and send it to the people." Well, that's a great ending to a story, but the funny thing is, that's not the ending. There is this one moment after God says this where Moses comes back with a million excuses. Right? Well, I can't do that. I can't. Well, I, I, what if I stutter? What if I, what if I trip? What if I stumble? What happens? I can't do this. And he starts hitting God with every excuse in the book. We need to be mute. We need to be Moses without the excuses. We need just to go out and do it. We need to we need to identify and be the community. We need to start doing life together. If God starts putting someone on your heart, start doing life with them. No excuses. Be like Moses without the excuses. I love that. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for a fresh anointing 
in your presence. I pray for wherever we are, that we would not be held back by anything going into your presence. Nothing in our past would disqualify us from getting into your presence, Lord. Let us be transformed in your presence to hear your heart, understand our identity, to start moving forward to say, God, I am being sent by you to accomplish your heart. Lord, let us leave the excuses behind. Oh, we have people that are desperately hurting in our nation, and your heart is grieving. Let us let us be the start of change. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Oh, well, our time of worship was so good. The, the presence of the Holy Spirit was so palpable. And I know that I know that he was stirring within your hearts. Um, and I challenge you to really press in to, to hear what the Holy Spirit has for you, the plans that the Lord has, those next steps. Because I know transformation is happening in, in, in all of us. Yeah. Um, so really press in and dig to that. Dig into that. Uh, with that, it's our time for tithe and offering. And you can click the link above if you're watching live or go to lighthouse805church.com. Go to the giving page and you can fill out all that information there. As well as uh, designate funds to our children's ministry so we can get that. Um, we're, we're getting close. Yeah, it's really close. close. So that's really exciting. Um, speaking of kids, we have kids camp coming up. And though it is going to look very different this year, it's totally, it's going to be so amazing. Um, register your kids. It is absolutely free. Now, the first 10,000 registrants, <laughs> David will correct me. Um, Registrars? No, that's not it. I don't know. Registrants. No, it's registrants. <laughs> um, the first 10,000 will will get a free box mailed to them. And it that box includes just lots of fun stuff and resources for the kids to be using with instructions for cra for crafts or lessons and, and it's just oh man it's, it's going to be really good it's really fun so make sure you get your kids registered and i think they they also get to sign up for four online yes. uh, small groups or small classes workshops, workshops. Yes. yeah so gonna be virtual workshops which i know there's i've, I've looked into this there's Lego workshops. There's cooking workshops. There's a cheerleader I mean, one for London. I, yeah. <laughs> she was all excited about She was like, sign me up for that. Um, so it's, please, please register your kids. They are going to, they'll love it. I, it's going to be good. It's been in the works um, with our next-gen leaders, and they're doing an awesome job getting that all together. So please register your kids. Um, or if you have any questions about it, please uh, talk to Pastor Pat. Email him, go to the contact page, and um, go ahead and email him. He can get your questions answered as well. Uh, then, as we are doing life together, plug in this week. We have our Bible study on Thursday evenings. Again, uh, go to Lighthouse 805 to get more information on that so you can get plugged into our Berean Bible study on Thursdays. And then, finally, our newsletters. Be on the lookout for those, our weekly newsletters. If you are not signed up to receive them, Make sure you fill out your information at our website to be able to be put on that mailing list so you can know what's coming up, what's going on, um, as well as our social media on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us. Uh, we have updates going on there. We have, have, have you been keeping up on the stories uh, for the kids? It's been really fun to, yeah, to really see cool. those too. Um, and those are on there. So, so get plugged in, get connected, let's do life together. And uh, finally, 
phase one, we don't have a date yet for reopening the church, but we do have a plan. So that's great. Um, and that will consist of meeting outside on the lawn. Bring your own blankets, bring your own chairs, bring your own beanbag. <laughs> That'll make you comfy. Um, and we will meet outside. So we'll keep you updated on the exact date and it is going to be a party. Because to see all your faces face to face will be amazing in and of itself. So, and then obviously the word of God. <laughs> but we are so excited you were here today. Would you have a wonderful Sunday? Would you enjoy, go outside for a little bit, enjoy the sunshine. Um, and I leave you with this. Just be challenged to dig within yourself. See what the Lord wants you to do to take action. Because I can tell you this. The story of the Good Samaritan would be very different if all he did was walk by and, and say, I see you, I hear you. But if he had not taken that hurt and beat and bruising and almost dying man and took care of him mm -hmm. himself, we'd have a very different story. So would we be like Jesus? Would we be the hands of Jesus? Would we just go out there and love on each other? Yeah. That's what we need more than ever right now. So we love you guys. Have a great Sunday, and we'll see you next week. God bless.